بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل يا أيها الكافرون لا أعبد ما تعبدون ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد ولا أنا عابد ما عبدتم ولا أنتم عابدون ما أعبد لكم دينكم ولي دين بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هو الله أحد الله الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا أحد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الفلق من شر ما خلق ومن شر غاسق إذا وقب ومن شر النفاثات فنعقد ومن شر حاسد إذا حسد بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل أعوذ برب الناس ملك الناس إله الناس من شر الوسواس الخناس الذي يوسوس في صدور الناس من الجنة والناس صدق الله مولانا العظيم صدق الله العلي العظيم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم It's uh, always a pleasure to gather in this hall which we all recall with fragrant memories and we're doing so now after a long period but the timing couldn't be more perfect as we attempt to recharge our batteries and reach for the higher. As many of you are informed, today um, we're going to cover the topic of transformation through the Qur'an and in this regard what um, will happen is we will start with some of the questions Sheikh had um, requested people have on their minds to read them and once um, these questions are internalized in our minds then Sheikh uh, Fadullah will uh, address us and he intends to bring in some of the key issues and ideas, concepts like kitab, kalimat, bayinat, basira, so that we can come to terms with the topic today of transformation through the Qur'an. I'll go through the questions um, uh, first and then we'll call on Sheikh Fallah to address us. And uh, he will address us for roughly one hour, 30 minutes. Then we'll break, inshallah, for half an hour for Asr. And continue thereafter with the last uh, one hour, 40 minutes, which will take us up to Maghrib Salah, inshallah. So um, uh, we can enjoy the journey today to the highest of the higher, inshallah. Uh, the questions which have come through for this session uh, addressed to uh, Sheikh Fadullah the first statement is concerning Arabic, the Adamic language, the language of the ruh or higher consciousness, relation of meaning to language. The statement says, Allah says in Surah Al-Alaq, read in the name of the Lord, Iqra bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq, khalaq al-insana min alaq. What would be the meaning of the Arabic words read 
and by the pen within the context of a prophet who was unlettered. This certainly cannot refer to the normal day-to-day meaning and the way it is understood. Request, share with us, uh, Sheikh, the deeper meaning since the superficial meaning renders no clarity. Furthermore, how would an understanding of the reading of the heart and reading of the mind and eye be important in resolving this challenge? The next statement reads, Sheikh has mentioned in numerous talks of the 300 Arabic words that will allow the reader of the Quran to access the inner meanings and understandings on the Quran and how it relates to man's relation with creation. Request, share with us the framework of accessing these words from the Quran and explain how these words can be used in a transformative nature. The next statement reads, traditionally the Quran is recited at the pointed times as referred to through the prophetic traditions in order to achieve certain benefits. Generally the Quran is listened to and recited and is believed that through these acts the reciter and listener attains a sense of nearness to Allah. The question is, how will these two acts, listening and reading the Quran, continue to be useful to us in achieving its objectives and do these objectives include the transformation of oneself by the Quran that is the attainment of higher consciousness. The remaining two questions. The Quran is accepted to be a multi-dimensional and multi-layered in meaning and instruction. The statement made by Shaykh Fadlullah is the most precious gift in his book Sorry, the most precious gift is his book, which has descended from the Most High and subtle to the world of physical creation and sensory experience as a reminder of the ever-present source and essence. And, to further quote from Sheikh Fadullah, his book is the highway code for guidance and arrival at the truth. This code encompasses all the levels and facets of manifestation and levels of consciousness, unquote. The question then arises, if the Qur'an is multidimensional and layered, why are we still inclined towards the recitation of the Qur'an and its instructions towards the acts of worship while living with the realization that it is a book that relates to all matters of this world guiding our life? How do we overcome this limited usage and application towards a lifestyle truly transformed by the Qur'an? The final statement and question is, there are five sets of verses in the Quran that holds key lessons for humanity. One is Allah says in Surah Al-Imran, those of you who turn back on the day when the two armies met, only the shaitan sought to cause them to make a slip on account of some deeds they had done. And certainly Allah has pardoned them. Surely Allah is forgiving, forbearing, Qur'an, unquote. The question is, what are the other remaining verses and how will they meet those challenges of transforming our lives? These are the questions received. Um, I wonder if there is any other questions before I invite uh, Sheikh Fallallah to address these questions and some of the key concepts which will help us in this month of the Qur'an to really undertake the true transformation 
through the Quran. Perhaps some of your questions have not come through. Um, if they haven't, you could raise them. Do I see any hands? No. Then, do I see Fazila? Do you have a question? Harun, would you like to ask her? Bismillah. The question is, are there verses which relate to our uh, to questions of human rights and questions relating to our day-to-day existence in South Africa? I now call upon Sheikh Fadullah, who will address us um, with the framework within which I just mentioned. And um, I think we all look forward to um, him addressing us especially many of us who have not had the, uh, the opportunity to be with him for a long time, except by uh, speaking to him over the telephone. Sheikh Fadullah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi al-muntajameen. I'll try and uh, cover most of the questions that you had given me and we may at the end embellish some of these things which had come to our minds and hearts together so as we get the full bouquet of the entire scene that Allah has designed and created. First of all, the Quran is that entity or that reality or that revealed knowledge or that light or that gift that encompasses every aspect of existence and creation known and unknown. So therefore in terms of human relations as the last question was regarding say human rights it covers every aspect of relationship. Uh, The seeker on the path is all the time looking for his or her duties rather than rights. If you and I do our duties properly, our rights will be safeguarded. But we want to dominate and we want to control and therefore we end up into this cul-de-sac of accusing everybody else of being unjust and that justice is only according to one's own personal interpretation. The Quran covers every people every time. That's all what there is to it. You either believe in it or if you don't. If you believe in it, then it will reveal itself to you. Also, Allah says you can only approach it with pure state. So the outer meaning of that is do not come near it unless you have at least done the outer tahara. To be clean, to be on wudu, to then also all of the other inner needs. You must have a sound mind, you must have a pure heart, and you must be humble. If you come with your own assumptions, you want to interrogate it, you will not get anywhere. Allah is not there to be questioned. We must have that courtesy of knowledge that we came from nowhere. You can't remember when you were in the womb, nor will you know which tomb you're going to go to. So this is all human arrogance and assumption and presumption that causes us not to progress spiritually. 
you may progress very well in this world but like all of the things that goes up in this world goes also down and then when is weak and the last leg before departure before death then maybe if one is even lucky you begin to repent say my god what have I done I have hundreds of people clamoring for my miserable little wealth that I'm leaving behind and what is the wealth that I have what provision am I taking with me on my journey am I leaving this world joyfully contentedly or am I still puzzled and confused and angry and unhappy and whatever so the Quran is the book for all times for all people provided we approach it with these conditions now as you all know there are two aspects in this life and I cannot overemphasize this for you one aspect is the world that we outwardly experience the outer world the outer world has its courtesies and its adabs and its map in the outer world you must know what is it you want to achieve what is the direction that you're driving along where is the town what are the maps which roads are one-way streets which home which address and so on and so forth you need to have a clarity of your direction objective you must be very level-headed you must be cool-headed you must be objective you must be rational you must take the best of expert opinion it's no use you just saying I like to have a nice house and you end up having you know the first painter you come across and they make a mess of it you must evaluate what jobs have they done you must pursue your worldly project with proper rationality with proper questioning with proper logic with systems with knowing also cause and effect you know if I cheat my neighbors then I will end up in serious trouble they will, will never come to my help one day I need it or whatever whatever so the, this world requires the use of the intellect the mind the head to its utmost and the other world the world of the unseen requires an entirely different logic it requires as I described earlier coming to the Quran with humility and humbleness with purity at heart not knowing anything the approach to the unseen the approach of the other world the hereafter is to be dead do not exist and all prophetic practices and all religions and all real teachings show us this dichotomy but they have not always made it absolutely clear like I am say trying to share with you because we are living at a confused state therefore I say there are two different domains and use the ayah of Surah Ar-Rahman there are several ayahs in the Quran to describe this if you like different domains there are different layer after layer there are infinite numbers of different if you like horizons and worlds look at the world of what we perceive in the outer world look at the world of the insects it's very different from 
many, many, many other insects. And different from the other animals, the bigger ones, the smaller ones. Within the same lizard families, there are some which are completely different in their behavior and in their program. So there are infinite varieties of consciousnesses. Treat every entity as living according to a certain level or a certain spectrum or a certain limit of consciousness. It's only the human being encompasses both consciousnesses. The world outside and the infinite unseen world that is not within time and space. It's only the human heart. It's only the human ruh that can has encompassed this. This is one of the meaning of the ayah that this amana was given, was upon the earth and upon the mountains and they couldn't take it. Because they are one di dimensional. They are Newtonian only or linear or just one dimension. It's a worldly dimension. Rocks come and grow and so on and then they crumble. Whereas we contain both. A dimension that is in time and space. From the moment you are born until the moment you die. Another dimension which is to do with your ruh. It has no beginning and no end. If you do not work in this life to rehabilitate these two, then you have missed the purpose for which you have been created. It's very simple. It's not about you being building more mosques or building more. Allah doesn't need any of this. Allah says in the Quran, and if I wanted everyone to be in full effulgence of knowledge or iman, I would have done it. It's about you discovering these two domains in you. And do not deny one or try and be excessive onto the other. The entire Quran is based on emphasizing akhirah. What comes later, what comes later, what comes, the infinite, the boundless, for which the soul, the self, yearns for. We all love to have that infinite space. We love freedom. Freedom begins with the freedom of health, to be well, to be tranquil. If you are well, you don't think about it. Freedom also of hunger, freedom of oppression, freedom to be able to think in order to grow as you would like to. So until such time you realize you really have no freedom other than doing the right thing in the right time in the right way. That's all what it is about. You seek outer freedom in order at the end to do a specific choice. That's all what it is. We call aspects in life as being efficient or being perfect or being correct. That's all what it means. You are responding to the perfection that there is already. People who are on their way of being awakened, they desire what has been brought to them. So there is no enmity between you and what the world is giving you as a message. You see perfection in it, and that is the meaning of seeing the light of Allah in it. That's all what it is. You see perfection upon perfection upon perfection, even in mess. This is the exercise of this life. It doesn't mean that there is no human mess. It doesn't mean that you and I must not also do our jihad and our utmost for it. But you move on. 
You move on until you see Allah says, my slave gets closer to me. Please read the, uh, the, uh, the hadith. My, my slave gets, gets closer to me all the time until I become the So you all know. I think I should keep quiet. And we do some dhikr and enjoy it. And that's it. Allah says, my bondsman, he who loves the truth, gets closer to me always, constantly, until I become the hand by which he acts. That means you are doing bismillah. Then it's no longer force. It is power. And then until you see, until you see by Allah's sight, meaning by perfection, seeing everything in its place, seeing no incongruity. Even when people are in a mess, they deserve it. So the thing is that the more you leave behind your own personal fantasies and values and waham and ideas, the more you see the perfection of layer upon layer of how Allah has enabled this existence to be in perfect containment, you see. Now it doesn't mean on a micro scale we don't find a lot of faults. We'll continue. This is Allah's rahmah. Otherwise, what is growth in this life? Otherwise, what is the descent of Adam? Adam was in a perfect environment. And he was also given the infinite, if you like, joys with the complementarity of his spouse. So there was no need. But he did not know what this perfection is. And as the wisest saying of for many, many, many ancient times is that you only know the thing by its opposite. So we had to come here and suddenly be told this is your lifetime. And any minute you may die. So therefore you want to discover what is the meaning of a beginning and an end and yet yearning for something that has no beginning and no end. That is why no amount of worldly wealth will ever be enough for anyone. Because what is enough? How can a self that is alive because of the ruh and a ruh that knows the infinite bounty and treasures of Allah, how can this be sufficient? Impossible. Impossible for any human being to ever be sufficient because the ruh that is your life knows boundlessness. So by nature, you will never be sufficient. So laugh at yourself. So of course my greed has no end. <laughs> and because I want to live in contentment, I say, no, it's enough, thank you. Tawakkul has no beginning and no end. You start tawakkul on your own little effort. The child's tawakkul is upon the parents, the mother. The child begins to learn what trust is by crying and the mother appears. What is trust? You tell me, what is trust? Can you buy it anywhere? Can you describe it? Make for me a painting or a drawing of trust. What is it? It is a certain mixture of frequency of different energies coalescing together. It's called trust. 
is something that the mother enables the consciousness of the child have access to it by her availability when the child cries. And that trust grows, and by the time a child is two years, three years, he has total trust in the parents. By the time he's seven or eight, no, he says the father really, no, he just fell. So he's not that reliable, he's not that powerful. Or the mother wasn't there, she forgot. So they begin, eventually, you trust in the light in you. You trust in Allah in you. You trust in that Allah will give you what you need. So tawakkul has no end. It moves from one layer to another, to another, to another. The entire business is about moving from specific, limited, minute consciousness as a baby, consciousness of feeding, smelling, touching, to pure consciousness. And that is what we attain during your mi'raj, during your salat. You're conscious, but not of anything. That is why the Prophet ﷺ says these are the conditions of Salat. You must have a reasonable head, you must have a reasonable mind, you must be aqil, you must be... But ultimately, the condition is your presence of your heart. So the entire business of this life and the transformation by Qur'an is to bring forth to a full, nourished, alive, leading light from your heart. Everything else is easy. Your health you can ask experts. Your wealth you can learn how to cheat and all of that. How to make double accounts and middleman, whatever. Everything else you can find it. But how about a heart that you can listen to? People talk about listen to your heart. You listen to what? How? With all the noise going around, how can you listen to anything? It's a miracle that you can even... <laughs> Listen the news every now and then, and then the news always are bad news because people don't take notice. If you tell somebody that, look, you have no beginning and no end, they won't listen. But you tell, you know, your wife has left you with, to the neighbor, you say, what? I knew he's a rascal. You know, they will immediately listen to the bad news. Now, don't be pleased. Usually, this, uh, wives don't, it's not so, so foolish to leave so quickly. But anyway, so, Amana is trust. It's entrusted upon us to be in Iman. But look, we grow in a culture that everybody says, well, of course I'm a mu'min. What are you saying? Mu'min in what? Of course I'm a Muslim. Well, alhamdulillah, yes, we all are Muslim. That is why at the time of even Imam Junaid, he said, the real Muslims are in the grave and the rest of them are simply reciting different books. This has never changed from the time immemorial, whoever, whatever prophet came, soon after, we become structured. We become culturalized. And we become habitual. Why did Allah create habits? Why do we love habits? Say, so yes, at nine o'clock I take my tea. Or whatever it is. You know, I'm habit. Every day, you know, Jum'ah I wear this. What is habit? Suddenly, habit also means cloth you wear. Why do we love habits? Why? Continuation. Continuation. That means we love perpetuity. We love Allah who is forever. Who has no beginning and no end. We love foreverness. The nafs, which is I, and you also have your nafs, she has her nafs. 
loves that which is forever. And that which is forever is within the breast. It is my ruh. Until my nafs yields to it, then it's easy. Then you begin to listen to your heart. Because the heart is the meeting place. The heart is the wedding chamber of these two entities. A nafs, which is personal, which grows and evolves, every day is different. And the nafs is a hologram of that hologram, but mischievous. It has its own pivotal point. It can turn fujuraha wa taqwaha. Like a sun, the sun is ever effulgent because it has its own light. The earth can only reflect the light of the sun and only alive because of the sun. Life only exists because of heat and movement. What about the moon? The moon belongs to the earth. The same thing as the nafs belongs to the ruh. It has no identity on its own. And when it is full moon, it's clear. And you, you like it. When it is totally black, it is the ego, the other side of the self. These are all mythals. But Allah says, I only give these mythals for people who yaqilun, or yatafakkahun, or yatafakkaroon. So we need to reflect. It is for that reason the Prophet ﷺ says, reflection of an hour is better than 70 years of ibadah, or sitting with people of knowledge, or, or, or there are no less than 50, 60 traditions on these lines. Of more important to reflect back, to think. So the entire business of this cosmos is such that it goes from gross to subtler, to subtler, to subtler. Until, as the Prophet ﷺ says, there was a position I reached that not an angel can be near it. It's called Qaba Qawseini Aw Adna. You're no longer anymore subject to your mind. No longer anymore subject to your memory or to your identity. You've lost this identity to your illumined, ever-present entity, which is your role. That is the purpose of we are here. That is the meaning of our deen. One of the meanings of the deen is that it is a debt upon you, deen. Debt upon you to realize that your nafs is only there shimmering to tell you there is a ruh there. That is all. And if it does not lead you or if you do not follow it in order to realize that in truth you are a heart which contains the divine light not this strange thing that you are a body and you are an identity but occasionally you have a glimpse of something a little bit of a joy terrible that's why people work like mad for 11 months so as they take one month holiday so they go and quarrel with their family and waste money why can't it be holiday every day why can't you be in that state of well-beingness because we are playing wrong roles. You like to do something and you can't because you love money, so you do this in order, that's why you get ulcer and cancer. As simple as that. Because you are not in unison with your inner state. So on the one hand and on the other hand, on the other hand, you are playing games, and that's called nifaq. See, that is what munafiq, you know, you can never stabilize them, you see, because for the sake of this I compromise. You pay a price for that. 
There is not an action in this existence without there is a reaction. The law of karma is perfect. But it is here and now. If I am not true to myself, then it is nonsense. That is why so many of the young people don't listen to preachings. Because the preacher is not totally, utterly unified with his own inner. And we have the great teachings of the Prophet ﷺ. There were many incidents in which he was asked to say something or do something. And he had to realign himself or whatever. And then you have to be honest. You have to be real. Otherwise it does not transmit. You are a complex transmitting station. Equally you are receiving station. It is for that reason we ask, is it najis? Is it pure? Is it not? Is where am I praying? Is it halal? Have we forced the people out? In this case we have Ibrahim and his family that's you know he, we forced him not only out and we also took all his cops. But <laughs> so, so he does less work. So he enjoys his life more. So and so so the question is that authenticity, authentic means real, genuine, reliable. All of this talk about authentic self one sentence. It means you have to be honest to your state. It is not about purpose in life or direction. These are something else. At this time you are authentic so you want to do this job. Fine. In five years time you change your mind. It doesn't mean that the meaning of life has changed. No. Your specific project has changed. Great. Don't mix them up. Life's project is one. The one and only one. Allah Azawajal. To know Allah. How? To know Allah's qualities. What are they? All the things we love. All of the divine attributes. Who doesn't love power? Who doesn't love qudra? Who doesn't love to hear everything? When our hearing becomes weak, we immediately rush and spend whatever we can for hearing aid. Allahu Samia. Sam' means not only hearing, also responding. There is nothing ever that Allah does not hear. Nothing ever happens Allah does not hear. This is the purpose of life. So you truly then adore Allah's qualities. Then you worship Allah. Then you enter into what Allah describes, How can you ever not be in perpetual passion? If that passion is there, then it doesn't matter about your worldly thing. You had a good situation, now it's no longer. It's become more difficult. It's not a big deal. Again, Iman. If you have trust, then you know Allah is giving you the medicine you need. And then you will see the result of it immediately. But not if I have five years I complain, and then after five years you have ulcer, but you can't even think anymore. Say, so why did this happen to me? Keep on harping after it. And what also makes it worse is an album and a photograph and evidence. I was like this. Don't you know I was the prime minister? He had 38 palaces and he had to be pulled out like a little rat. We can't see what Allah is doing. See what is behind the event. 20 years ago, this is on the micro as well as the macro. Personal and societal. 20 years ago, the biggest enemy America considered was Iran. It still probably does. Next to it came Hezbollah. 
So they were afraid that these two entities will join in and Iraq, which has also a lot of Ahl Baytis, they will join in. So they devastated Iraq, brought this fellow to destroy Iraq, to destroy this and, and eventually they found he is no longer their 100% reliable dog. And look, they install a Shia government in Iraq and they are caught by it. I mean, if this is not the most odd events, I don't know what the odd events. The people who fear these people, they are now actually trying to enforce the government, they're unable to do it. I mean, if this is not a, a cause for real genuine laughter, I don't know what is. The same thing is the nafs. You have to laugh at the nafs. It tried to do this and make this, and then suddenly something has gone completely. Really. So watch out. Listen to what the sounds from the higher are. Listen, 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 listen. That's why our salat is founded on appropriateness of sajda. If you do not fully disappear in it, you have little authority right to appear. If you are not willing to give up, you will not have access to who he is up and down and sideways and everywhere. This, this is our deen. So you become accountable totally at all times. With yourself, by yourself, unto yourself. You liberate yourself from yourself. By your ruh, which is Allah's gift upon you. By Allah's rahmah. So you are emancipated from these fantasies, from these fallacies from all these assumptions and presumptions. At least one person turbaned with us is good. Please come over. It's, 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 at least we're... You know, at least we have a bit of dignity. <laughs> so, the entire issue of the Quran is that you cannot take from it pieces that suits you. You cannot take from it, as also Allah describes, you cannot take from it qaratisa, you cannot tear from it. You have to take it entirety. Allah's creation is perfect in its entirety. Allah's creation holds together by these energies that I tried to share with you one little item of it by asking you what is trust. Now I'm going to ask you something a bit more important, more tangible. What is action? What is amal? The path of growth, spiritual involvement is through amal salih. Good action, good action. What is action? I'm opening it to all of you. So, What is action? What is amal? What does it mean? What is this action? Obviously, it's a movement. Beginning of time. Beginning of, well, an action has a beginning and has an end. Every action has a beginning and end. Like everything else in life has a beginning and end. But what is action? It's to internalize. So I want to manifest what is inside me. Is it? Like when you give carpets as gifts or, <laughs> or when you sell them. So it is, I have an inner intention. And you, you know, he was, he thought he was generous. He didn't know that we can take the best out of them all. So you, you externalize an intention. I think that's a very good definition, an action. So why do we do that? 
Why do we do that? Amal, 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 amal. And as you know, the ayahs in the Quran of amal salih, amal salih, al-ladina amanu wa amal salihat, amal salih, amal salih. It is, say it again, it's a impulse emerging from fitra. Fitra is a wonderful word too, cracking open. Incidentally, the question on the glossary of the Quran, I have a, a very simple step to advise you on. This is the last question, or before, one the before last. Quranic <coughs> dictionary, or Quranic uh, verse, you know. I, I think the best thing to do is to pick the terms that come to your across you come across them that are important to you in Arabic and I as I said I often say that there are up to maybe 500 key terms 200 very important but another hundred or so important as well and then up to say 500 the tafsirs I have I pick the ones that in my life I felt they were important and I look them up in the old dictionaries. Incidentally, if any one of you is interested in semantics, the way you could approach it is to go back to the ancient poetry. As so many of the people who have done that, really the old dictionaries, you listen al Arab and many others, you have to consult at that time what did they mean by those terms so that you get the full panorama. Because as you know, languages reflect different situations and change with people's culture. And the language we are using now in Arabic is not quite the same as the Quranic language. In fact, some of the Arabic language terms that we use is quite not, I wouldn't say opposed to, but almost opposite, not quite the same. You know. So I would think, read these tafsirs, pick from them those terms, and there are so many glossaries now available. 25 years ago, there was hardly any. One or two of the older ones, Kashanis, Kashanis, few of the others, and so on. Another very good one is Muhit al-Muhit, which is accessible and easy. And of course, for us who use English and Arabic interchangeably, uh, Hans Weirs is very important and a very good one. Penrice also. Penrice after Hanswir. Penrice is only Quranic terms. Hanswir's dictionary is more. But Lisan, Muhit uh, al Muhit is very important. It was compiled by a Christian monk, a Christian scholar of Lebanon, a hundred and odd years ago, 150 odd years ago. And he uses the old classical way of going back to the ancient poetries. So it is it's a very good, good one. So use whatever is important to you and make your own glossary terms. And you'll be amazed how much we have missed the boat. We take things for granted. Amal is an expression of what is inside you. As Ibrahim said, it is your, an intention that becomes grossified, that comes out, you see. So you are trying to unite the outer world with your inner world. This is wonderful, 
you see. A, a, a two-year-old child cannot do that because they are not sure of the outer world, nor are they clear about their inner desires or needs. So it's only it's an adult exercise, gymnastics. Until such time as you grow, especially during months like the month of Ramadan, you have to be so sensitive that you begin to see perfection without you having acted even. These are the secrets of such occasions. You withhold. It is by withholding. It is by abstention that you get the inner extension. You see. But do not deny the outer either. You know, be real. Do not become this sphinx. You say, no, I am observing. The, well, but the child is, is drowning. Jump and take it. You know, they, do act. You know, no, no. He said, no, I am observing. You know, now I am in my khalwa. Allah has joined these two worlds in us. The boundless unseen and the bounded and limited seen. So who are you trying to, to deny it? Ar-Rahman, the source of Rahma and continuity. See, continuity is a key thing. And we Muslims have missed a lot of it. The reason we are most disturbed people whilst we should have been the least disturbed people because we have a clear book, we have the way of the Prophet, we have the love of the Prophet, we have our rituals intact. Why is it we are like this? Because of discontinuity. What does this discontinuity mean? We did not develop systems of governance that is egalitarian and safeguards everybody's right and human justice and if you like welfare state we did not do it we did not develop an alternative to the capitalist system that is why now we take these horrible little stickers and we put it this is an Islamic bank an Islamic gambling house an Islamic this an Islamic that this is the issue if two three hundred years ago it's a big if we had been aware of what is going on elsewhere in the world regarding people's rising regarding people deciding who is an unjust king and beheading them. By 1650 the game was up. Charles I was over, done. And here we were asleep, we are all the time clapping for our so-called Khalifa that we think he is the Noor of Muhammad. We are paying a heavy price now. Hundreds of years of not coming up with an alternative way of just way of living other than a capitalistic way of imposing this thing that upon others and having it legalized enslavement and having usury in every situation not just as an interest it is now the entire system is abusive but the system is also wise enough they don't want to kill all the geese that that give the eggs that is why you know in a way Karl Marx was wrong you see the capitalists are not stupid Say, no, we'll bleed you enough, you know, this, 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 this. yes, that's not. Pay us now, we can't, you know. We roll it over for you. No, we know you are a good customer, yeah. So, this is the issue in the collective sense of where Muslims went wrong is there. If you ever want to talk about Ummah or criticize, it's there, and it's nobody's fault. It's collective. We collectively did not come up with a way of living which has in it 
economics, industry, social welfare, uh, governorship, municipality affairs, etc., based on social justice and people's contentment. We did not do it. That is why we are confused. And what makes it, as I said earlier, doubly more difficult is because we have a Quran. We know it, we love it, we trust it. We, love, we have the life of the... We, we have an echo of that, if you like, nobility. And yet, we are the most destitute. This is what brings about, if you like, schizophrenia. That is why there is such a turmoil over one and a half billion people. If we do not diagnose the situation, then we are also trying to postpone urgent matter. We're not willing to take on the pulse of the patient. I am the patient. We are it. It is not a blaming this people or that people or this firqa or that madhab. We're all in it the same. We want to awaken in this life to the glory of the presence of Allah. وَهُوَ مَعَكُمْ أَيْنَمَا كُنْتُمْ what does it mean? He's with you wherever you are. Allah is with you wherever you are. Are you with Allah? This is why we are. We know it, we know it and we don't know it. This is worse. Really, that is the. It reminds me of an occasion. I was in the States with a very dear friend of mine. We were giving a talk. I quoted the question that there are people who know find them and learn from them. And there are people who know, but they don't announce it and so on. Remind them that they know. And there are people who don't know, go away from them. And people who don't know, but they want to know, so have sympathy for them. I said, this is what Imam Ali has said, these are the categories of people. But now we are living with a category that didn't exist. There are people who don't know, but they think they know. So this is the category. <laughs> this is where, where we are. The Prophet ﷺ constantly kept on doing the dua. Allahumma arini al-ashya'a kama hiya. What does it mean? Allah allow me to see things as they are. Let me see things as they are. This is where we are. You can't fantasize. We have the path. We have the map. We have the direction. We have the meanings. We have the purpose of it. We can evaluate it ourselves. How? You know you are less angry. How? You know you are less disappointed. How? You know you are less blaming others and blaming more yourself. How? You have the checking mechanisms of your akhlaq and your suluk. And yet, we find ourselves in a way at a loss, not together, because that original glue called love is not constantly referring to its foundation. The foundation of creation is love. Everything is held by love. And hate, as I said earlier, is simply its black hole. It's its opposite to show it. And love ultimately is for its own sake. That's why women are ahead of men to a great extent. You know, even though this 
you know, a child who's sick and not well and some of them are quite ugly. She loves it. Ask a father. Sensible father runs away because he doesn't want to confront the issue. You know, says, really, one month old and the poor lady stays all night up. And the fellow grumbles that he was awoken once or twice. That is the meaning of the garden is at the feet of mothers. What is the garden? It's selflessness. Give up yourself and your ruh contains the garden. You know, that's as simple as that. But, so there is, they have that advantage. Men have another advantage. They have, if you like, more accountability in terms of reason, in terms of also physical act, action to do things in order for us to see the complementarity. There is nothing in existence unless it has its opposite, complementing it. Ever, 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 ever. Impossible. Take what we have already covered, the aspect of trust. How is trust is double also? There cannot be anything in existence without its opposite. Tell me, how is it trust double trust? What are two trusts? It must be also. Trust must be there. There are two different trusts. One is a worldly trust. I have a trust if I do this and so and so and so and something will happen. If I call you for help and so on, you will help. I have a trust. I have a trust in, in certain patterns. Isn't it? You know, I have a trust is that if we share this wonderful you know, banquet between us, we will all be better off. Not just one of us. We all improve. I have a trust in that. This is worldly trust, depending on what you're doing. I trust that if you buy the right ingredients and you care for the meal and the recipe and so on, you'll have a reasonable meal. That reminds me that there is something, hopefully, at the end of the day. (laughs) But never mind. I trust. I mean, if the meal is not there, I say, look, I trusted in Allah, who is the provider of all, but I didn't know that these people were not that well-tuned to... <laughs> so that is... So I said, this, Allah, forgive them and forgive me for having such expectations. Finished. It's not a big deal. So you trust in creation as a secondary level of trusting in the Creator. So there are double trust. Whatever you take in life, there is double, there is double, there is double, there is double, there is... Complementary opposites. Sometimes they meet, sometimes they don't. You see. Like Muslims and Islam. If Muslims are truly within the effulgent light of Islam, then it's wonderful. And if, as the whole thing has been cyclical, sometimes they are, sometimes they are not. In some place they are, in some place they are not. And therefore we must translate this love we have for gathering, for ummah, for people, into what it means. Ummah in the original Arabic terminology means any people in any specific spot or at any specific time. That was called Ummah. You know, that's all. And in the, in the Quran there is hardly any reference in it. Except, Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat nas. Also, the, about the ants or about the insects. They are Ummah like you. That's about it. But we, the word from, is from the root of Umm. And this gives me also a chance to answer the question of Ummi. Ummi means not formally taught. 
according to many references the Prophet could read. I have seen references that he could read more than seven different dialects and languages. But he was not formally trained. If he could read that which is unseen, so it stands to reason that that special being, although he says, but Do you have wahi? No. At best we have ilham. At best we have some opening. Good. But wahi is 100% reveals the ultimate truth. So he was in a sense not tutored. And even though it was declared, even though we, we knew he was not tutored formally in reading and writing, people accused him that he had read the original other scriptures and he's imitated them. And, you know, the old testaments and the Torah and Injil and so on. So, um is the root of that word. Umma, ummi, um meaning mother. The Quran is called Ummul Kitab. It also means the original that which has been written. The original things. Allah says, I will wipe out many things. But what remains is Ummul Kitab. That is Thabit, wa Yuthbit. Meaning, there are many things will change. You change your attitude, it changes. Change your mind and it changes. You know, stop being mean, be a bit more, you find you are relieved. Stop being afraid of something that's a fantasy. Khawf is another key word we have to dive into it. If you pick the eyes on khawf, you will be amazed. It isn't what we now bring our children up. And that's why most of the children leave. They don't like it. Fear, 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 fear. We are living at a time that the average intelligence is such that it appreciates more love, 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 rather than fear, fear, fear. The origin of the word khawf is to fear, to miss something that is due to you. That you miss the awakening, you miss the opportunity to awaken before it's too late. That there is a ruh in you and there is Allah's presence in you. And you, then you understand the meaning of the great tradition that لا تسعني أرضي ولا سمائي قبل عبليا Translated? My land and, and heavens will not be enough to, to, to contain me, but the, the heart of the true, true mu'min believer contains. The mu'min, again, means he is certain that Allah is with you. Inna Allaha ma'ana. But how can you be certain of that unless you have been through many, 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 many layers of uncertainties, step after step? and you have given it up. You have to go through that until you have certain by Allah and if every certainty shows to you, say, Alhamdulillah, هذا من فضل ربي. Have 100% expectation of your creator and zero from creation. Therefore, whatever comes to you from creation is a bonus. That's why all of these carpets are bonus. <laughs> The place is a bonus. It's a bonus. It's Allah's rahmah. But look at Allah's infinite bounty of rahmah. He is the giver. And all of us, if we even mimic it and imitate it, we also receive. So this is the truth. The more you allow, it's like a tap. 
The more you allow it flow, the more it yields and the more it will flow. But this is something not for discourse. You have to test it. And you will be tested. You will occasionally find, my God, what have I done? It was in the wrong place. Maybe. But it is you who matters. This business of turn the cheek in the, in the, in the teachings of Sayyidina Isa is true. But it's half the story. Turn the cheek for your own sake to be humbled. You are a nothing. But if you have true love and understanding and responsibility for the other, give them a good one on their cheek. <laughs> but are you qualified? Are you doing it out of love and compassion? Or anger and revenge? That is the difference. That is why it's half the story, half yakhut. You take what is real and you take. That's why it doesn't work. Have you ever seen any CEO with, you know, uh, capitalization of over $10 billion turning his cheek all the time to his employees? Where, where is it? It's only the poor fallah in Sudan who says, Baba, I have nothing. And that's why Islam is more intact there than anywhere else, honestly. Turning the cheek is for your own sake. Slapping the cheek is for your responsibility towards society. So, there was a story of one of the great enlightened people in ancient Persia. They had a conquest of the Mughals. So somebody was running after this enlightened being, making fun of him, pulling him. So the fellow with him said, look, I'm going to beat him up. He said, no, wait. He said, look, he's doing this. He said, no. So he took a, a golden coin and gave it to this fellow. He said, this is for you, for doing what you are doing. So this fellow, there was the Mughal, one of the sultans passing by. So he thought to himself, if I have been given a golden coin by this fellow who looked poor, what will I get from this fellow if I go to do this to him? And soon, of course, the sword was out and his head was out. <laughs> so, <laughs> you have to be authorized, you have to have compassion in order to be able to reprimand. Have you done it yourself to yourself? Are you doing it out of 100% love? Are you being the Khalifa of Allah? Then do it, Bismillah. And if you get also afflicted, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. What a miserable. Do it for Allah's sake and accept whatever comes. Doesn't matter. But that is how your resolve becomes complete and your iman becomes complete. You trust that Allah is showing you. Allah is showing you. Not always what you have done as your intention being good will be reciprocated. Or accept it as good. That is why the prophetic wisdom is do not do the thing out of its place. Do it in the Speak to the people according to their language. It is for that reason. The language we are talking nowadays is very different to the language that the Arabs spoke 1400 years ago. They were fully aware of the multitude implications of these terms. I cannot overemphasize the importance of semantics.
And we have not done much work on that. It is not to alter the Quran. It is not to make funky things out of it. It is in order to be able to understand it to such an extent for it to transform us. Otherwise, it will remain, as the Quran describes itself, mahjura, left behind. You know? So you need to digest it. You need to interact with it. You need to live by it. You need to carry on in every aspects with it. Inshallah, a time will come that between us, we will simply mention an ayah and the other one. So you describe the situation rather than talking gossip. Really. One ayah will illustrate far, far more than describing, whether, as they say, a picture is better than a thousand words. A Quranic verse is better than a thousand book. It is like that. But you must see its outer meaning, its inner meaning, and in between, and that, that's it. Another question was the difference of reading between heart and mind. How do you read the heart? Now, I go back to the first question, which was about Iqra. The key term in this existence is to read. Iqra, Iqra, read what? It says in the Quran. What does it say in the Quran? Iqra, Iqra. And the other one, Iqra. And then Iqra. Allah makes it easy for us. Iqra ma ma tayassar. Read the easy part. Read what did you can. You feed the baby baby food. You feed the two-year-old slightly more complex food. You f read that which you can connect with. Iqra. Don't be this fantasy something because you have a big turban. Or you have a big jubba and so on. I love your term. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, read with honesty. Be you, how, who you are. Not this pretense. This is where again we had fallen collectively into tragedies. You know, every so-called man has got Sheikh al-Islam. Our Sheikh al-Islam is better than yours. Ours is better than yours. Ours is better than yours. That's why Juha Nasruddin took his turban, put it on the head of the fellow. But the fellow said, but I can't read what you are. He said, but, but you read the big turban. Why can't you read? So, read that which is easy. In Allah, you read Allah wants ease, flow. Tasbih is to swim, to flow. Subhanallah. If you don't, if you can't glorify it, don't pretend. You know, don't pretend, you know. Sometimes the nafila or the taraweeh or the additional uh, salats are wonderful because you are in that mood. Do more. So you rise. If you are strong enough, sometimes your heart is not there, also do it. So as you break the nafs, the nafs is like a wild horse. Break it. So read. You have to read whatever your inner state is. According to your level of consciousness, you read. If your consciousness is illumined, then you read multi-layers. The child attempted to, he was rushing for you with a glass of water. In his way, he was trying to serve you because it's the breaking of the fast. But he fell because he didn't see. We don't go and shout at the poor fellow. 
اقرأ read what he is reading and read and read and read and read 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 that is why Allah Azza wa in his wisdom put the fifth faculty tongue as one and locked with double locks the teeth and the lips because what you say you cannot retrieve <laughs> it's gone <laughs> and if you want to look wise grow a very big beard and have a nice big tail and keep quiet I assure you and if you hold your hand like this people will come even and kiss it <laughs> I tell you it will happen <laughs> yeah. read 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 you will be amazed read everybody is according to who they are see the person how they eat what they eat how they walk what they sit and you know that is the meaning of the prophet's teaching what does it mean please explain it be careful of the mu'mins the mu'mins inner vision that's not the outer vision he has an inner vision so be be aware of the mu'mins inner vision brilliant the other term which we were asked for is qalam Allah Azza wa Jal describes for us his kalimat and that is why qalam will be important Qalam is what is written at that moment. How many moments are there in existence? Endless. Every moment is a moment. Because it's a combination of many factors, of energies, of entities have come together at that moment. Therefore Allah says, if all the seas are ink and all the trees are pens, uh, they will never complete encompass the words of Allah. Every instant, every split second is a kalima. And kalima means many, many, many other things, including also command, including a impulse, including a, an order, including a descent, including wahi, including the, uh, uh, the occurrence of the uh, of Nabi Allah Isa alayhi salam. Kalim, so it is anything that is a command of Allah Azza wa And the moment at the moment is Allah's command. The moment we are in now happened because of Allah's decrees. It is not haphazard. Allah has decreed that there are people who have suffered, who have tired, who want to know what it is all about, who have put up enough with ritual Islam. They want to also be revitalized more without denying the ritual and so on and so on. And so on. so you know, the moment occurs out of perfection of multitudes of strands of energies, all have emanating from the ever-perfect creator. So qalam is that by which a decree manifests. And then, the question of recitation of Quran, how, what, what is a good time, what is a good place? In truth, to remember your creator is good at any time. It's important at any time. How can you ever forget that who has given you memory, that who has also given you forgetfulness? So, how can you ever forget? It's madness to forget. 
So how can you, if you really truly want to be kind to yourself and not do yourself injustice, this is another word which is we have missed in, uh, in our life. Zulm. There are three words pronounced the same way. One is close, their roots are the same. One is dhil. Dhil. It is what is dhil? Shadow. Shadow is dhil. And what is dhal? Dhalla. Dhalla means went astray. Went astray. What is dhulm? Dhulm is injustice. And what is it based on? How does it come about? That's it. It's from darkness. From darkness. So, and there are a few ayahs I can share with you. I've selected a few. وَمَا يَسْتَوِي الْأَعْمَى وَالْبَصِيرِ وَلَا الظُّلُمَاتِ وَلَا النُّورِ وَلَا الظُّلِّ وَلَا الْحَرُورِ Please translate that. وَمَا يَسْتَوِي الْأَعْمَى وَالْبَصِيرِ It's not equal. The one who has eyes and he can see is not like the one who is blind, who cannot see. 